across the world, 24 hours a day. Somewhere in space, this may all be happening right now. An adventure unlike anything on your planet. The story of a boy, a boy, and a universe. A big sprawling space saga of rebellion and romance. It's a spectacle light years ahead of its time. An epic of heroes and villains and aliens from a thousand worlds. A billion years in the making. Starburst Radio, the greatest radio show in the universe. Every Wednesday, 8 p.m. until 10 p.m. Exclusive to Fab Radio International. Hello and welcome to Starburst Radio at Fab Radio International with me, Mike Royce, and Mr. Martin Unsworth. Hello. Publisher and editor here of Starburst Magazine, the world's longest-running magazine of fantastic films and television. You remembered? Got it absolutely bang on. And at some stage, we don't even have to comment that I've got it right. No, eventually. Yeah. (laughs) It's not taken long. It's only taken about... A year, two years. Two years, is it, since we changed it? I can't remember now. Uh, yeah. But it seems about right, doesn't yeah, it? post-Covid. So, there's no Chris today. He's at a funeral today. Yeah, so... so we you, hope that he's okay. You're stuck we, with me. Yeah, we've got Martin here. And uh, we're going we're, we're gonna to go through all these things that have been going on. Not, not a crazy amount of things, because uh, because everybody's on strike. Yep. So you know what I mean. I not, we're, we're not. But oh no, the the in uh, America, everything we cover is pretty much shut down. Although you know we're covering non stuff that's still being released, and we're covering stuff that that's way you know that's been in production for years. Yeah. But I think we're going to have a pretty shit show next year yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they don't hurry up and get this settled because well, yeah. we're going to have nothing to cover on this show. Yeah, and uh, they, they've already. Uh, I had an email from one of the PR people about the Barbie premiere. Oh yeah, saying you know no no actors are going to be there. They're not, well, no, they're on strike. You know the director's going to be there. That's it. Yeah, yeah, they're on strike. <laughs> Everybody in that area, the the actors have decided to join the writers. So you've got no writers, no actors, and technic the technical people. I don't think they're all involved. So like you know. The grips, the the mm. lighting, the DP, the um, directors, and that. I don't think they've joined, so they're allowed to go, but nobody else. That's the problem. No, These... I, I agree with what they're doing as well, though. No, so. I do agree with it. I totally do agree with it, but it doesn't 
change the fact that we've got a magazine that covers this stuff and next year things are going to start drying up. Well, this is true. I mean, fortunately, there's going to be a, a load of stuff that's been pushed down the uh, down the line that's going to get released or yep. rush released. Yep. Nothing quite like covering stuff that scrapes the barrel. It's just like this show. A little bit. So later on in the show, I'll be reviewing uh, the latest Mission Impossible entry, which I caught up with, and let you know how, what I thought of that And later on. And, you know, we've got other things going on. But just to start the show off with, they, in case anybody was wondering what's, what the situation is at the moment with Disney, because all of this, see, all you're hearing at the moment is the... Um, the Pixar movie that just bombed Elementals, is it? And then Indiana Jones has bombed at the box office. Then nobody seems to be watching Secret Invasion. All the the Star Wars and the and the Marvel shows on Disney Plus seem to be draining viewers left, right, and centre. And people seem to be just walking away from stuff at the moment. And they there was an interview this week which is really really illuminating with Bob Iger, the head of Disney. I'm just going to play you that, and then we can have a discussion about that, because he seems to have cottoned on to a couple of reasons behind this. Is there a problem, though, at, at, at Disney Animation? Has the loss of John Lasseter years ago, well, for example, been a blow that you haven't been able to recover from? Well, first of all, there's a, there, the, the, the studio and its movie assets are number one at the global box office this year so far. Um, that said, we're extremely realistic, and I'm very objective about that business, and there have been some disappointments. We would have liked some of our more recent releases to have performed better. Uh, it's reflective, for, not as a problem from a personnel perspective, but I think in our, in our zeal to basically grow our content significantly to serve our, uh, mostly our streaming offerings, we ended up uh, taxing our people way beyond, in terms of their time and their focus, way beyond where they had been. Marvel's a great example of that. They had not been in the TV business at any significant level. Not only did they increase their movie output, but they ended up making a number of television series. And frankly, it diluted focus and attention. And I think you're seeing that is, I think, more the cause than anything else. And, and Pixar, um, I mean... We've talked through the years. There was a time when a Pixar opening was a was a real event. Did it suffer as a result of during COVID when you were going direct to consumer? For example, I think it was Red or one of the. Yes, big there were three. Went. There were three Pixar releases in a row that went direct to streaming, in part because of mostly because of COVID. And I think that you know may have created an expectation in the audience that the, they're going to eventually be on streaming and probably quickly. And there wasn't an urgency. And then I think there was some. I think you'd have to agree that there were some creative misses as well. Um, well I, look at, I look at you know, the company is 100 years old. Walt Disney went into the animation business starting with you know, shorts in the 1920s and obviously his big first feature with Snow White in 1937. If you look at, look at his history, there were peaks and there were valleys. Uh, every valley was followed by a peak. And I've, I studied it very carefully. It's true in my predecessor, Michael Eisner's days, too. He had great halcyon days of Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid and Lion King and just this tremendous success. And, and then there's a dip. I'm not suggesting we're necessarily in that, but I'm also not suggesting that we're at a peak either, that we have some work to do there in terms of improving our creative, 
our creative output. Did the loss of Lasseter, was it a blow to the company over time? Look, there's a lot of talent at Pixar. There has been turnover as well, not just John, but there's been other turnover too. And that may have had some impact. But you're confident that the production of Pixar animation, for example, and the Disney studio overall is going to, to continue to be strong. Correct. Marvel and Star Wars, too much. I mean, you almost indicated kind of it's, it's been a little much. Do you pull back in a way? Is yes. It, you do? Yeah. Yeah, you pull back not just to focus, but it's also part of our cost containment initiative. You know, right. Spending less, making, spending less on what we make and making less. Well, that that's quite honest. There you go. That was him being um, interviewed by uh, MSNBC, and he, I did, I did, I thought he was being very honest there. But that says to me that we're in for a pullback. Yeah, we are. Uh, I don't know about the movies, but definitely the impression I got there is he. I mean, he was on record last week. It, there's been leaks about two big meetings that he had with Lucasfilm. And if you're to believe them, Kathleen Kennedy has had her role drastically reduced as a result of the first meeting, which were, it was a panic meeting after the the box office performance of Indiana Jones and other matters. So I'm assuming it's Marvel as well as mm. Lucasfilm. So he was saying that he actually, he was quoted by someone as saying he missed the days that they weren't producing these TV shows, but they were selling to places like Netflix. He actually misses that model. Yeah, well, I guess there's a the big license mm. sort of they can get with that. There's a lot, a lot of fee. There is one thing, though, that he's not, uh, that, that he doesn't mention there, and, that, and it's a big thing, and that is... This is all him. They, he went and passed over the reins and left, if you remember, mm. and then came back. But he, it, th there is a misnomer out there that this is him coming back to fix the other guy's mess. No, the other guy was trying to fix the mess left by Iger. Iger thought he wasn't moving fast enough, and he came back to take the reins. Uh, this is all his idea. He came up with Disney+, Plus. he came up with the streaming, he came up with the strategy to release all these movies directly to streaming on occasion when it suited. Yeah, yeah. He did all of this. So the stuff he's saying didn't work there. He's not holding his hands up. It's all we, isn't it? But we did this. We did that. But there are so, you know, that that they've got into, certainly Disney have got into this sort of spiral of remaking all the animation as live action musicals. Yeah. And nobody really wants that. It was like anything. It was uh, when they did Cinderella, people were curious because it's what a live action version of a Disney animated film. My God. And people went to see that. Then they did Beauty and the Beast, and you had Emma Watson, fresh from from uh, Harry Potter, and there was a reason to go and see that, because then, you know, the few people who hadn't seen the Cinderella, they, and, and other people were going to see it, and since then, it's just not great. I've seen some of these. Yeah, I get that stuff like Maleficent was excellent, because mm. it was a different take on it. No, it's not It's not a remake, though. No, exactly. That's a, an but original it's using property. A, it's using a character that you know, of but then doing a different slant on it. But. Yeah, well, the sequel bomb, though. Yeah. The first one did really well, but the sequel didn't. But again, that came out at that time. Yeah, with COVID I get it. And things and I get it. But he, what, what you've got here, though, that the this is why I see the, those films. I went to see the Aladdin one 
and I really enjoyed it. It was very outlandish visuals. Um, it was live, and and yeah, this is pre Will Smith bitch slapping people. Yeah. This is when he was <laughs> beloved, and he did a very good job of filling the big shoes of Robin Williams as the genie. And the the, the thing was very very fantasy based and looked really good, and I enjoyed that. And I saw the Lion King one, and it was absolutely piss poor. And the reason being, I just hated the aesthetic of it. Yeah. Instead, unlike um, Aladdin, who clearly thought, well, this is a genie, we can't make a realistic genie, can we? We can't make, and all these things, you can't have yeah. dancing. Make, make it goofy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they made it goofy, but with the Lion King... Not literally goofy, obviously. No, no, there were no goofies in there. <laughs> Although, you could never tell the... the I was, I'm assuming there's some cameos somewhere in these things, but I never noticed them. The problem with Lion King, and I will say this is the problem why the Little Mermaid bombed, and it did bomb. People are mm. going on saying, oh, no, it did all right in certain territories. No, it bombed. They wanted that to make over a billion, and it didn't, and it, it bombed. It yeah. bombed. It's not made its money back yet, has it? No, not at all. <laughs> it bombed. It was a box office bomb. He's had a string of them lately. He's had no hits. Disney have had no real success of late. And the, the reason I said... I hated the Lion King is because there were photorealistic lions, yeah? Yeah. There were photorealistic uh, creatures all the way through the movie. So it looked like a wildlife uh, documentary where everybody was uh, singing, yeah? Yeah. It just looked weird. It just didn't look like it was a fantasy. It looked, it was too realistic. The lions had all the believable fur and hair and they spent a lot of time making it look good, but it didn't look, like I mean, the the creatures in these things, like the Little Mermaid, Flounder didn't look like the fish that he was supposed to be. Um, the crab, he didn't look like a crab. He looked like a cartoon crab, yeah. Mm. And yeah, they, in the Little Mermaid, the remake, that crab looked like you know he, he looked some fresh out of a bloody fishing net. You know, <laughs> he he just I don't understand what they're doing with that. You you if you want the magic. And you want to do a live-action one, and no reason why, I have no idea. And the the fact that they're getting people to do new songs for these as well, yeah. which is is the songs are not as good. There was a rap song in The Little Mermaid by Aquafina, and she's got an amazing voice, and she's brilliant in the sitcoms and in the stuff that she does. It's a crazy Carol Channing, like she's got an 80-year-old chain smoker's voice and she's like 20-odd, yeah. yeah. And and it's and it's cool, but she can't sing. <laughs> she can't sing. Throw rice for the pigeons, they're trying to blow up the pigeons, but those are just urban legends. I know a lot of really fat pigeons. Will you just listen, Sebastian? I got that scuttlebutt. Hurry up. You'll be like, what? When I drop that scuttlebutt. Okay, now how do I and why have you got a rapping in that? You know, they're not using anybody to the strengths. They're not using any anything that they've got available in any clever way. And that's why I thought they didn't work. But the other thing he was talking about, the giving people too much, you give people that much that they give up watching all of it. Yeah, because once mm. something's started and they've not caught up, it's hard. To, that's why I don't watch yeah. a lot of TV. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to catch up with everything. Yeah. I mean, the the it doesn't matter that you've not watched Moon Knight if you want to watch Secret Invasion, but people 
don't think like that. They think, oh, I've not seen the it, last it, two Marvel shows. It's all or nothing. Today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they'll feel the same about the movies. Once somebody misses one Marvel movie, they probably feel that, oh, well, I've got to catch that first. Yeah. And then they don't catch up with that and miss the next one on release. And suddenly the three movies down and they've got to then watch three movies and two TV shows before they feel that they can watch the next movie coming out. To get the most out of it. Yeah, yeah. and that's why he'd, he's right on that. But he's a bit of a dumbo taking this long to reach that conclusion. Yeah. And I appreciate that we need lots of content off Disney and a lot, of, and we need uh, advertising off people and we need all sorts of stuff. And it's not probably that helpful that I'm coming out with all this. Hey, but you're only saying what he's saying, so I'm agreeing with him. Yeah, totally. I heard that interview and I thought it was it was very good. But my only criticism is it's all we 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 all the way through that interview. It's we did this, we did that. Maybe we could have done this. No, Bob, Bob, it's you, mate. It's you, you, you. It's true though, isn't it? It's like you. I don't do that. Even with a magazine, when I've messed up, I say to you, "Yeah, I messed up with this. Mm. I, did, I got it wrong. I got the cover wrong. I got the whatever wrong." Mm. I tell you, and, and I, I never one dragged of us you into that, it. Yeah. You know, if we if we know, you know. We've, it's our little part, part that we've done. Then yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. Well, he's not. He doesn't believe in that, does he? <laughs> he believes in in a collective life life raft, doesn't he? Where where everybody's in. Go, come on, let's get out of this. Oh, uh, Bob, <laughs> why aren't you rowing, mate? Yeah. Why aren't you Why aren't you bailing the water out with a bucket? Why, what's until going on? Until it's a success, then it says. Oh yeah, sure it is. <laughs> I hate people like that. I had two business partners like that all the way through Fab failing at the beginning. Fab Cafe was failing, and they were they were there like oh they had nothing to do with it yeah they go oh yeah yeah anyone would come over going oh okay speak to one of the owners yeah mike's just over there they do that yeah yeah oh mike's just over there send them my way yeah the minute there was a queue around the block uh i couldn't get near anyone mate they're i was larding it up yeah. oh yeah 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 they were there they were even uh, the first they did the same thing with satan's hollow they were there behind the dj booth once it had was full of people dj booth they couldn't dj there <laughs> I, I couldn't i just did the lights work first year when it was open but I'm just saying it's it's weird in business where you get you get that. But yeah, he's right. That's the good thing. Yeah. So what's he going to do then? Well, they've already started uh, binning a load of shows that they've already paid for. Yeah, they're, they're just being dropped off the off the platform. Yeah, they're doing what the DC guys did with Batgirl, aren't they? Yeah, you know, and but, it's it's just you know to save doing residuals and things. Shit, like that. it's bad though, that isn't mm. it. It's bad. It's bad because you released that. You commissioned it. You released it. You put it on the platform. Got people to watch it. People on streaming service are not going to watch it. Within they, some people will be queuing up to watch it the day it's released. Sure, but there's some people who catch up a year later. Yeah, and then everybody who wants to watch Willow now, who's stupid enough to want to watch Willow now, is is going to go on there and it's gone. Yeah, it's got. Where is it? Where's Willow? Well, what do you do? Yeah, don't get upset when people are pirating this stuff but the, when the, you do stuff like this but there's uh there's no uh accounting for sleeper hits then no not at all no no i mean the, the and you've had examples of that decades ago where there were movies that failed miserably and then they were released on vhs and then a year later they'd be the biggest selling sell-through title Absolutely. of the week yeah. um or even when they were released to tv yeah blade runner it failed miserably 
Uh, that got much more traction the minute it was on rental release. Yeah. And Wizard of Oz was a flop. Yeah, of course. It's a Wonderful Life was a flop. And that was a huge flop. That that nearly ruined Capra's career. That yeah, but and, but now they're beloved. Yeah, but they, well, you're not giving them a chance because that that is gone now. That mm. that is an example. These other ones aren't they? Oh yeah, there's a few watch. more. Yeah. yeah, but he um, he's come to that conclusion now, and he's. I heard doing. Um, I don't know what he didn't actually address what he's doing, other than it, oh, we're going to be doing less. It. Yeah, <laughs> acknowledging it and doing less. Well, the only thing you can do is make sure if he's saying that this problem is that people have got too much and we're expecting too much of people's time, then the only answer to that is absolutely cut back on the TV shows and, and dial back on how many movies you release a year. Yeah. I mean, the, the problem is, they, they, like with the Stars ones, they've just announced a load of of new dates mm. for, sort of further down, for like three years down the line, yeah. aren't they? And it, yeah. You know, are they, they going to hit them targets? Mm. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? I mean, you didn't uh, you didn't have the, the pressures when, when it was just the Netflix Marvel shows. They weren't connected directly to the movies, if you no. remember. So you, even though now, later on, Daredevil's turned up in the Disney Plus, and he's, to, he's going to be in uh, stuff moving on. And, and that's the only because they they did so well. People people love Daredevil, especially uh, very much so. Yeah, you know. yeah. But, I think uh, they like the characters in in those shows more than maybe the shows. Sometimes the Jessica Jones, no, she's yeah. definitely going to be coming back. Yeah, that first season of that was excellent. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I love that. I thought. I mean, I like the Netflix shows. I thought they were adult. And uh, it worries me. I've said on this show a bit, Chrissy's less worried. He thinks they'll find a way of making it all right. But to do a Certificate 12 Daredevil show on Disney Plus is, I don't know, it's not the show I was watching on Netflix with no. Kingpin smashing people's heads in with doors and well, all ex- the exactly. violence. Exactly, but, you know, I mean, Disney Plus has now opened up because they've had The Walking Dead and things like that on it. They have got a chance no, now Disney to do... show, though, is it? Yeah, There's but, different rules on this. But, but but I think once you've got something like that on the platform, you can open up to the fact that, you know, you can do something a bit grittier. Yeah. You see, we can talk about the latest instalment of The Walking Dead, Dead City, after the break. Yes. And then we've not really gone into massive depth Be- on that. On the because uh, it's still not got a British home. Well, we can get people excited for when it does. It should have. It should have, based on what it is. No, it's the last episode as well coming up. Yeah. It's only a six-episode season. It's, it's probably a good thing, though, that, isn't it? Depends I, I how they end it. I think it's working. So, yeah, yeah. No, I would say so. Right, well, we're coming up uh, now for a break, so we'll have a break. But in the meantime, don't forget to email in studio at fabradiointernational.com. That is studio at fabradiointernational.com or if you are listening on on the Fab Radio website, you can uh, simply send a an email via there. So there are no excuses tonight. Please help us make this a an entertaining show by your... Um, give us content. <laughs> give us content, please, because we're, we're a bit goosed at the moment. Hello, this is famous thespian, treader of the boards and character actor Oliver Reed. Recently, I've taken to listening to the Starburst radio show. I like the rather obnoxious cut of their jib, so to speak. I always admire men who are not afraid to inflict their poor drinking habits on the public. I made a fortune out of doing that very thing. 
So good luck, fellas, and long may you continue doing such a bad job. Starburst magazine is brought to you by Jaeger Water. Embrace the alternative. This, this is Fab Radio International. Hello and welcome back to Starburst Radio at Fab Radio International. And as I gave out before, studio at fabradiointernational.com if you want to email in or take part in this show. And it's not like we're desperate for content, um, more like suicidal. <laughs> so uh, I did get an email. Uh, he didn't actually come into the show. I, I got an email a few days ago just off somebody called Bob. Oh, I can't remember his name. It began with a G. That's not very much it. Well, if you're Bob G, and I don't mean like Bob Carroll G, spit the dog. Um, Bob G, something. I'm sorry. That is dead insulting. Listen, I did remember your name up until about two seconds ago. I'm sorry if it pops back in. I'll say it. That's what she said. uh, So me and Chris went through um, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny last week. And I think it's safe to say... There have been worse kickings given to films on this channel. Absolutely, there have been worse, mo- worse movie reviews. However, considering me and him are hardcore fans of that character, it wasn't a patch on what the review would be like that we would have liked to have given it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there was some stuff that did me head in. So he just emailed and he said, "You got to remember, I was listening to the show. I listen every week, and I just thought that." I'm not having a go, he says, which is people do say that at the beginning of an email, then then they have a go. But no, (laughs) you didn't have a go. You didn't have a go. But you just politely reminded me that maybe me, he didn't know my age, but he assumed maybe I'd watched it the same sort of age he was. He's in his late 40s and he was uh, saying that I shouldn't really judge a movie that's released now with the modern movie making sensibilities and storytelling when the same way that uh, movies were made back in the early 80s, because it's a different audience and a different time we're living in. And maybe I should have, me and Chris should have given more of a, I don't know what, more, mm, we should have been more understanding of that in that we we seem to be gutted because it wasn't, one of those Indiana Jones movies that was I made get what, back I get what you're trying to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. trying to say that basically I, the, the real world stuff... You were judging grounding... it on the standard of... Yeah, but here's the thing. It, it is, it is, and you reminded me, this is the third movie where Harrison Ford, I thought it was the second one, where Harrison Ford has taken a character that was uh, left in a in a, a place where things seemed upbeat. Even Blade Runner with Deckard seemed upbeat. He was going off to live his life with uh, Rachel, who he'd, he'd managed to uh, su- they'd managed to survive the movie and were going off to a future together. Um, Star Wars, certainly Han Solo, looked like he'd got the woman of his dreams and everything was going well. And definitely, definitely, for all everybody's knocking of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, it gave an ending where he'd met his son that he didn't know he had. He'd been reunited and he'd got a son and heir and he'd, he'd married the woman, uh, the love of his life. And that was it. And that that's it. And this is the second, this is the third time now that you've followed up on that character and the character's absolutely fucked. And he's got a miserable life. And he, at the beginning of, of uh, this one, he's an alcoholic. His son's dead. 
his wife has left him because of losing the son. But it's the same as DD. It's almost identical to, to um, Force Awakens and very similar to the mess that he's in at the beginning of the Blade Runner sequel. Yeah. And he's, and that was it. But I don't think we're expecting that film not to have modern storytelling sensibilities. I think, but there is no excuse for undoing a happy ending from a previous movie. That, that to me, is a pointless sequel if you've got to do that. If you can't tell a story on its own merit and you've got to go and take the ending of a previous movie, totally destroy it, and then that is your impetus for your new film, then you're, you're creatively bankrupt, in my opinion. Even back in the old days, Alien 3 did the same thing. It did, and that's one of my huge sequel war crime movies Again, that that one, I hated it. I hated uh, what they did. And even with Finch's amazing cinematography, which is a beautiful film to look at, it's an amazing film, hated the story. I hated the way they ruined the end of Aliens. And I hated um, the, the, dour, the, the dour nature of that film. Completely wrecked watching Aliens. If you think that one's canon, then you're watching the end of Aliens. And literally 20 minutes later, there's a fire. Uh, you... They, Hicks gets completely mutilated and killed. Um, uh, Newt's dead. Newt's dead. And, and it's not quite enough to kill Newt. You've got to give her an autopsy. Let's give her an autopsy, yeah? And a, a really realistic autopsy. So, no, I don't think I was looking at that film last week. And I don't, I can't speak for Chris, but I know he's sensible enough not to be looking at that film with. Uh, 1980s sensibilities. He was looking at a modern updating of a very, very popular character like I was, and all it was, we were hoping he would be the same character because I know people that are... I know people that are getting on a bit, and, yeah, they're not as lively as they used to be, but they still can have that wry smile. They can have that bit of personality. I, I try. Yeah, I know. He's <laughs> funny, isn't he? He's funny. But the thing, the thing is, he never had that Indiana Jones grin. You know that one where things haven't quite worked out, but he's still going to give it his best. It's like he, a smirk. It's, it's a smirk, yeah. And it's such a cheeky little look that he has on his face, and you didn't see that once. There was no... Oh, God, there's this one awful scene in it. I've seen, I'm carrying on the review from last week, and I'm not this? trying to. But there was a bit where he's going up a, a rope, he never starts going on about how old he is all the way through the film, right? And over, and when he's not going on about it, somebody else is. And he's got this wise-cracking, snarky arsehole with him all the way through. And she is constantly undermining him and doing that. And then there was one bit where they're going up some ladders and he's going dead slow and he's going, oh, belting on about being old again. And then she goes, oh, well, never mind, Granddad. And and then rockets up the ladder at steam uh, 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 with some proper steam behind her, you know, at the speed of light, up the ladder, make, leaving him behind. And it, it's constantly full of that. And I don't see the point. And that that was it. So, no, we weren't looking at it with modern filmmaking sensibilities. We were just reviewing a film. And that's what you thought. We Yeah, we were questioning the wisdom of turning him into such a miserable character and and how it undermined our enjoyment of the film. That was it. Um, do not. We were quite upbeat about some of the stuff in it, and we enjoyed bits of it. And it well, it, we enjoyed watching the film, 
but it's just uh, it seemed to be our least favourite one. And me and him, bear in mind, me and him have always, me and Chris have always championed K- Kingdom of the Crystal Skull on this show. Mm-hmm. When everybody else has just been, that wasn't a proper Indiana Jones well, film. The, yeah. It was fashionable to pile yeah. on, wasn't it? I'll, I'll tell you something. Listening to the discourse online now, they they've they're reappraising that movie now <laughs> after this after this because hey at least it had an ending like that it had the ending that gave, if that had been the last one they ever did it ended right and that this one nah nah this one I don't, I'm not a fan of that ending and you're supposed to watch it and then go yep let's go and watch these adventures of Helena uh, and uh, Co no nah 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 and I don't think I'm alone in that. So, we've got emails, haven't we? We have. Go on then, do you want to start? I'll let you start this one. This oh, is uh... Okay. Why, is it having a go at me? This no, no, no. I haven't no. read this one right. <laughs> David Bellingham. I thought it's a bit early. I haven't done anything yet. No, no, Dave... not yet. Yeah, David. See, that one was left over from last week, that. David Bellingham. Uh, hi, Mike. As a kid, my comic, were your comics that you were reading were DC, it says here. And as it was more hard-hitting, now with the fading Marvel films, do you think it could be time DC actually get it right? Well, I was... The thing is, they during the 60s, 70s, DC were more... Slightly, they, to me, they, they had... Um, they did have some realistic sort of uh, storylines, even though the, the characters are crazy and outlandish. But... Marvel always gave real world problems to its characters. So yeah, you... I was always a Marvel fan because yeah. I was a massive Spider Man fan. Because growing up, it, it, it was your life at school. Oh, you could you could relate to him. Yeah. And when he left school, the problems he was having then yeah. were the problems you were having it when was, you it, left it school. Because yeah. I was like climbing up the wall and trying yeah. to get me webbing everywhere, and it was. Yeah. You know, but I, do, I get it. I mean, DC and Marvel couldn't have been more different. They were very, very different. And you could you could get a lot out of um, both of them, in my opinion. And I did like the... I liked uh, something grounded, like you'd be reading some uh, Spider-Man, like you said, Peter Parker, having some problems trying to just hide who he is and, and also... Just get on with people, get like getting bullied. Getting, yeah, you know. and, uh, but then I, I liked... Superman fighting dinosaurs and an alien planet as well. Oh, yeah, you know, I yeah. like both, and, and there were reasons to like both. Here's the problem. I do believe James Gunn has got a handle on this. I do believe that he understands Superman, which, seeing as that's the concrete at the bottom of the foundation yeah. of what he's building, he's wisely gone, yeah, it all starts with Superman, like the comic book series did. If we can't get Superman right, we're not going to get the DC Universe on screen right. It's too late. Uh, sorry, David, I think it's too late. The problem is now, they this big superhero boom started... Um, in fact, I'd say the seeds of it were planted not back in the days of Superman the movie because superhero films, you could do one and then they wouldn't be one for five or six years. Mm. Then there'd be another. And there were various uh, degrees of success. But uh, Blade was the first yeah. time you saw one of these done adult with an R rating where and people loved it and I think that showed everybody else and then the X-Men they didn't do it goofily yeah the X-Men came in then and yeah they didn't go they sort of held back put the heroes in leather instead of spandex and uh, and still were at a point where superhero films were still a bit ashamed of what they were yeah 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 
But 2008, Iron Man, that kicked the doors open. And, and the big Marvel experiment has worked. But what you're seeing now, and I agree with what Bob Iger said in that interview, they've sort of screwed their own pooch with it because the Disney Plus explosion of TV shows has just drowned everybody out and everybody's got fatigue now. Now, this superhero fatigue, and um, look, superhero movies succeeded at the expense of sci-fi movies. There was a sci-fi fatigue Mm. at the beginning when superhero movies took off, and maybe sci-fi will come back a bit now, which would be good. But I don't know whether he's going to get people excited over this. I mean, people who hated the Snyder stuff are going to be tough to convinced to come back for another go. And the people that love the Snyder stuff hate him. Oh, they're they're professionally hating the James Gunn stuff online. Just on on principle. There are very few sensible people like us who are discussing this, who who understand the the whole lot. I mean, I hated those Snyder movies, to be honest with you, but I do get where they were coming from. I understand it. And it was a valid point. They tried to go with something more gritty and and realistic compared to the Marvel um, fun approach. And it did not play out very well for them. And the problem was they started out doing it with the wrong character. Superman was not meant to be a neck-snapping, screaming asshole. No, and you weren't supposed to have Batman killing people. Yeah, with a gun. Yeah. With a gun, which if you've ever watched the animated series of Batman, Batman and guns, the gun... gun, Guns killed his parents. Yeah. And he thinks... And ironically, now you've got Batman and a gun. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, correct. So I, I, I think that I think they'll get these movies right. I think you're going to get what you want, but I don't know whether it's, people are going to pony up this time. It's going to be a while down the, the line, though, and it? it's going to be yeah. a few years to go. Personally, they've not started them yet, so no, but they've got a cast, and I've got to say, the the guy looks like Superman that they've cast. Holy shit, he looks like Superman just normally, that guy, without being done up to look like him. Have you seen him with his glasses on, though? No. So you don't know whether he looks like Clark Kent? Well, you know, that's it. Oh, do you know that that in um, the DC Comics, because my little mission that I've been on, that I've been cataloguing on here, I'm I'm still only 900 comics into this 10 10 and a half, 11, maybe as high as 13,000 comic book uh, odyssey that I'm trying to sort out. They... There was a there's a comic book that was forgotten about that I actually got I've got in the collection and I looked and I thought oh I get to read this the first time I haven't read this one and it's the one where they got a lot of shit during the early seventies over this oh as if Lois Lane doesn't see that he's Superman with his Clark Kent with yeah, his yeah. glasses on and they thought I know we've got a bright idea let's explain it so that it's more believable so they did an explanation as to why everybody couldn't see that Clark Kent was just Superman with glasses on. And they did it in this one comic book, and then they ran with it for a year or two, and then everybody laughed and thought this was so ridiculous that they dropped this as well and just went with, nah, people just believe it, it's fine. And he, uh, when he was young and he was Superboy, he kept having these glasses, and whenever he used his heat vision with the glasses on, they would melt the glass and he risked revealing his secret identity. So him and Jonathan Kemp went back to the crashed rocket ship in the shed 
where they've been hiding it. And they cut out, he used his heat vision to cut out two lenses, yeah? And he put them lenses into the frames, and then he's got Kryptonian glass lenses, so he could use his heat vision through them and not melt them, which doesn't explain why he was able to cut through to make the lenses yeah. in the first place. But and that was within what three comic panels this, this, this happened, you know, and they still didn't think, oh, wait a minute, he's just cut through them there. But, so why is it not? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then it turned out that when people saw him, these were special Kryptonian glasses. They had a magical hypno- hypnosis effect, right. and he was projecting that it was Clark Kent. You were being hypnotized, Kryptonian hypnosis, so that you would see him as smaller and more vulnerable and not as handsome. So in, in at the end of the episode, he's getting his picture drawn just for the uh, t- for the what was the TV station? Then they were doing him as a TV anchor person. Yeah. It was the early seventies when they revamped it. He wasn't just a reporter. And they did a drawing of him, and they showed a drawing, and that was supposed to be what people see when they're looking at Clark Kent, and what they see when um, it's Superman. And the Clark Kent, he looked um, thinner in the face and not as handsome, and and he looked a bit frailer, yeah, a bit weeder, yeah, and he didn't look the same. And That's they a good ran, idea. they ran with that, yeah, but it's a bit wank, isn't it? I it's mean, a, what, they, he's got but... super hypnosis glasses that everybody <laughs> sees him as what he's pretending to be. It better, it better do mind control or something. Yeah, so that was why that was what they did then to answer that question because I think everyone they got sick of everyone writing into the letters page going as if Lois Lane wouldn't see through well, that. You know, the answer you know. is it's a fucking comic. <laughs> I know, I know that, and that is the uh, that that is it. You just got to do it, and and every now and again they do jokes in it. I remember when uh, he revealed his identity finally in Lois and Clark: The New Adventures of Superman, and in one, it's just about three or four episodes after that, and that Terry Hatcher is playing Lois Lane's just sat. He's getting ready in the other room to they were going to go somewhere, and then she just picks his glasses up off the table and then puts them on, and then she puts them off, and then she goes, "I was." So such an idiot and i love <laughs> stuff like that i like the fact that it takes the piss out of how stupid that is well you know you've you got know. you've got to be knowing aren't you sir yeah i know so we, while we're on dc yeah and their disasters uh you probably already know this but listeners might not uh uh aquaman and the lost kingdoms just finished its third lot of reshoots oh fuck me yeah uh oh boy and uh, this one apparently has removed uh ben affleck's batman who was there to replace Michael Keaton's Batman. Do you need Batman in it? That's the question. Well, they shouldn't do, should you? But, I mean, you know, it's, it's the about people are expecting it. Have they removed Amber Turd yet? Oh, sorry, well, I shouldn't say that. That's really stupid of me. But No, but that's what she's known as. Well, she, well, she's kind of named herself, to well, be fair. She, she, she gets everything she deserves. Yeah. Uh, I saw Johnny Depp the other week. You did? I, saw Ho- I couldn't believe it. I saw Hollywood Vampires. Yeah, he shows. Was... Yeah, he comes over to the desk. I'm just. He goes, "Oh, look who I saw! I saw Johnny Depp last night." And I'm looking at it, and I, yeah, fuck me, you saw Johnny it, it, Depp. He was playing guitar. He was very good. He yeah, was singing as well. Yeah. See, I just saw some punks last week, but that was well, good. Well, that was a good gig, wasn't it? Oh, it was a great gig. Yeah. The remaining two people from well, I say remaining the. The two that want to gig as the Sex Pistols and uh, two members of Generation X, and it was Generation Sex, and it was a pretty good. Idol looked good. People may have watched the uh, the Glastonbury performance because they were they were on that, and I saw that and I thought, oh god, this is. Wasn't they a sound problem? Well, it sounded awful. 
and well, there was a sound problem on through, a throughout lot of the, the acts, throughout the whole broadcast. I think the mix yeah. wasn't very good. Anyone would think it's not worth a grand to to go and sit in a tent to listen to such stuff. Well, far be it from me well, to piss on your parade. I'll go to a big uh, outdoor thing and just stand behind a load of flags. Oh, God's sake. Uh, you all I'm, want your heads testing. I'm man. not a big fan of outdoor festivals, but uh, but yeah, but that was a great gig. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of the outdoors, to be honest. To, to be honest, yeah. yeah. When, it, when it's this weather. The, I'm all right when I'm in another country. It's just this week has been frigging awful. Yeah, the only camping I do is say something on Street. <laughs> oh, there you go. But, I mean, that it was a good gig, though, that. But you fancy, but, you know, it must be weird seeing Johnny Depp doing that on stage. Yeah. Because he, it's not what everybody I think most, thinks of him I think the doing. majority of the audience was there for Depp, even though I knew this band before. Really? I really? Mean, you, you're shocking me now. I mean, I don't know. Do you know what the Hollywood vampires are? I know of the band, but I don't know enough much about the formation. Or the, the, basically, that. in the seventies, and this is, it, it crosses over into what we do, so it's not just music. Yeah. Uh, Alice, Alice Cooper, who was the frontman of the yeah. Hollywood Vampires, uh, it was his drinking group. Oh, I see. So there was like John Lennon. You, had, you say drinking group, but I think it probably expanded beyond drink. Well, well, yeah. They're, 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 well, I think mostly though, it was yeah. mostly just drink. I think they it's were people doing. he hung out with and did yeah. stuff with. And, yeah. yeah, and they were famous stuff, famous pissheads. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Harry Nelson and things like that. Yeah, and they basically they just hung around. Yeah, drunk a lot, and there's only Alice Cooper left off of these people. Oh shit! <laughs> right, and he gave up the drinking. Well, the, they're not running the out far, so. are they? What, what do you expect? You know, I get that. But I understand why Johnny Depp would want to hang out with these guys. Yeah, so they do. Totally they, get they that. do. They do a lot of songs about dead friends and things. Oh shit! Fucking hell! What, I've that... just had about half an hour's rant about keeping things fucking upbeat and not and not. Uh, it, you know, it's as it's as Jesus. You know, it's as, it's respect for them. It's not just about. Oh, I you get know. it. I get it. You know what I mean, though. It's oh. like, oh God's sakes! I mean, you look. This is the problem. People, even people you love, right? When you have, you, you've got, say, uh, your dad, you've got your mum, you've got your granddad, your grandma, you know, people like that. People you're close to that you loved, yeah. When you're having dreams and you go, you go back to these these people, you don't go back to them when they were really old, do you? You have these dreams and they're of an age where they were cool, mostly. I get what you're saying. And and that's kind of what, what I like doing with all of this, you know, like with Indiana Jones or anything. I'd rather have that version of the, rather than deal with the the end. It's just depressing to me. I'd rather go well, to the cinema and escape from the mortality of everything that's going on, you know? And we, we also saw another band that were at the end. Oh, but... I don't know if you mentioned this last week. No, I didn't, I didn't it, mention yeah. it. We didn't have time because we tried to cram in that many movie reviews last yeah. week. It was almost like a real show last week. Well, Shocking. This is like a proper radio show now. It, it is. It's gone back with <laughs> stunning, spectacular return to form. Yes, we're just talking about music. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we saw Kiss. And oh. was, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a massive Kiss fan as you might well know. I, I, I am nowhere near as big a fan of yours, but I... Of mine. They came of yours. <laughs> than you are of them, rather. Yeah. They, uh, 
They, to me, I first knew about them through the Marvel comics. Yes. They seem larger than life. Their music, I, I got into, but I was never a fan. I'm never a fan because just no real reason. I just didn't grab it. But boy, did I appreciate their the gigs that I saw on TV. I couldn't believe it, and I always thought I'd love to see one. But it's always a lot of money to outlay and a lot of things to, to do. And then finally, because you were arranging this, I went and you kindly arranged for um, as a treat, and me and Charlie went. And I and couldn't Chris. believe it. And Chris, yeah, well, you had him down in the uh, in the mosh pit nearly. Yeah. He was nearly moshing away there. He, and it's everything you thought. Massive pyrotechnics. That hot that I was in the circle, not down near the front of the stage, and I could feel the flames, yeah, yeah, yeah. in my face. They, 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 they were. You had um, Gene Simmons on a, on a, what a hundred, two hundred feet in the air or yeah, something yeah. on this platform, sitting, and I'm like, how the hell can he concentrate on playing a guitar like that? He was fl- throwing fireballs, and you gave a bit of an additional to that. Yeah, there was a. Uh... Normally he breathes fire during during one of the songs and it goes well. In the past he has set yeah. his air on fire a few times, but this time from from where I was stood, I could see that he turned his back to the audience and he was throwing up. Do you know what? Like I mean, a, like proper hurling. Yeah, well he's got petrol in his mouth. Yeah, hasn't so he? I think he might have swallowed a little bit. He did. Well, to be able to do that at his age is. Gobsmacking. Yeah, well, I didn't realise they were in the 70s, yeah, but they but, have to be because the first G- gig G- was Simmons and Paul, Paul Stanley. Uh, first gig was 73. 73? Oh, the first boy. gig in Manchester was 76. 76, yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, that's the bit they, they said on stage. But yeah, yeah they're, they're basically 50 years they've been going. It's incredible, isn't it? It's 40 years since I yeah. first saw them. So we went to the Kish, Kish, what's your Kish Museum? The Kiss Museum in mm. Las Vegas and that. Was if you think, oh well, what's that then? A few bits and bobs. No, this I've never seen a collection of merch like this. There was every everything you can think of as a an item, from a flash drive to a cocktail stick to a, a, a bloody lawnmower. They there was a kiss everything <laughs> well, there. The, the, there's, you know, there's a, they did a kiss coffin at one point. And, the, they yeah, had, they had the coffin there. They had the coffin there. And, I couldn't believe it. And, I thought it was a mock up for that for that museum, and, and you told me it was real. Yeah, yeah. There's been people that's actually uh, been buried in them, and they oh also did uh, the kiss condoms. And Gene's famous yeah. line was always, "We'll get you coming, and we'll get you going." Yeah, so, yeah. It's, it's clever. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. And they, they, they had a whole range it's of uh, Hello Kitty. Kiss ones. I, I understand it, that. Yeah, in, including tampons, which I was pretty impressive. <laughs> but this is the thing: it they they had in, in the Marvel comics because these are famous. But they they've actually got their own Marvel comic, and the story is that they use their own blood to do the ink. And the the other part of the story that that people don't spread is that it got accidentally used for another mag, didn't it? Yeah. And we don't know which mag that is. I can't remember which one it was. I did know at one well, point, and it's 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 cool it's anyway. Me, but... but you can still buy that um, that Maggie. There's actually someone selling it. Buy it now on uh, eBay. Well, they just wait until he drops it down a little bit. They've reprinted it a few times, and and they've had their ongoing uh, comic series yeah. o- over the last. 10, 15 years, yeah. in fact, 20 years. Well, they look like comic book characters. It's the whole point. Isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. yeah, that was. that's why they turned up so many times in adverts in Marvel Comics because oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're appealing them. to the same audience. And, yeah. But I didn't think, and I knew this was the last gig in the UK, this this last part of the tour, 
and it's the last time they come to Manchester. And you're going to see them in America, which is stunning. I'm going to see the last ever two shows. Yeah, well, that's perfect, isn't it? It's perfect for you, that. But I didn't think I'd get to see him. And I saw him, and I'm dead happy. I, I love that night. And the the gig was, it was spectacular. I mean, the, the, the synergy between the vocals, the visuals, the pyrotechnics, and just the performance antics of, I mean, even one of them um, flying across the, the auditorium to a podium in the middle to perform for the people towards the back of the room. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen anything like it. Still. All, all, all these people that you see putting big shows on, mm. be it Taylor Swift or whatever, they all owe it to Kiss. It's great, isn't it? So that was a good thing. That was a very good thing. Oh, we got an email, Julie B's, just saying, hello, guys, didn't know you're back. Are you on threads yet? We have. We are. At the end of the world, it's that that disastrous uh, yeah, we've, we've had nuclear, that. post-nuclear. Yeah, I know, I keep getting that. When when people talk about, oh, what about, what do you guys think of Fred's, you know, and I, I go, well, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit downbeat. It was a it? bit but, traumatic. It's yeah. a bit traumatic being on Fred's as well. Yeah, yeah. well, but so we, I've heard. We are, it's, it's uh, Starburst underscore Mag on there as well, if you want to follow yeah. us. I, I am not on it yet because I just don't know how to do it. I'm so dumb. It's a lot. It's a lot easier than doing what was it, Mastodon or whatever. Which sounds oh, like, Mastodon. Which right. sounds like some uh, evil villain from a comic book. When I got told that, I thought, right, I'll get on this, and I gave up after five minutes. You have to choose a server. Or the, for starters, then you're going, well, which server then? I mean, I had this with video games where sometimes you got to choose a server, and yeah. you know, you don't know which is busy, which your mates are on. So I didn't know what to do with that. This one seems okay. I've got a dormant Instagram account, and apparently that's it. I just I'm Sorry, not an Insta- Well, I'm not an Instagram person taking pictures of my food every five minutes and all that. And I know I'm I'm oversimplifying what Instagram's for. No, but, I know you, you, you use know, what you, whatever you want to use it for. It's just when I'm out with my mates, I like to have a conversation and not it's start photographing eat, everything eat your food. inside. Yeah, and eat the food. Yeah, not do that. Anyway, but we've got time for another break now, and then we've got some emails to get back to. Yeah, we? excellent. Yeah. Won't be long. Starburst Radio, brought to you by the editors of the world's longest-running magazine of sci-fi, horror, and fantasy. Every Wednesday, 8 p.m. till 10 p.m., Exclusive to Fab Radio International. This is Fab Radio International. Embrace the alternative. Welcome back to Starburst Radio, and we've got emails. Yeah, and you've just put your guitar away. You were just playing. I was doing all right that one. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I was doing the back the backing uh, guitars on that song as well. That was live. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. that was just a karaoke track played over me doing the guitar. Yeah, no, I'm impressed. I like to do my best for the show. You know how it is. Yeah. So, <laughs> do, you, do you want to start with some emails? I'll let you have them. Okay. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, so Jim's emailed in. He says, I work for a major streaming company here in the old US of A. As an avid listener of your show, I thought I'd tell you what we are looking at within the next 10 years. We believe that the declining movie theatres will soon be over and the future will be studios releasing direct 
to their own platforms. We are already working on one with the majors now for obvious reasons. No name. Take care, guys. There you go. See, I, I, I can see that happening, but that's. I don't think it's. I don't think the cinemas are going to totally disappear, but. Yeah. Uh, it's good. I mean, I, I believe it, but the only problem is, I mean, old Bob there with Disney Plus is hardly giving a a perfect. Um, I mean, he's they've already done that to a degree. I mean, they, yeah, of course they're releasing the stuff to the cinema and then it goes on Disney Plus. But during COVID, he was he, they were releasing stuff direct to it, yeah, and I mean, other platforms did it. What was the one that for one year did all of them and then realised uh, what a fucking disaster it was and then turned back? Was H- it HBO? HBO it? Max were yeah. released and then re- they realised, holy uh, shit. The, These the, movies are, are bombing at the box office. It was the Warner Brothers films that said every film is now going to go straight to streaming. Yep, that's and, right. Until we came back and they realised that people were going back to the cinema, they, didn't, they yeah. pulled that back again. I think they thought that, so that D- was Dune and all that went straight streaming, didn't they? So? Yeah, it did, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and it did affect the box office, but yeah, we'll see how it plays out. I... I don't, but I do think that Bob Iger isn't the only executive of a TV company that, or a movie company that's looking at the streaming and looking at the effects and thinking, shit, it is affecting the but, stuff we're releasing more than we thought it would. But what this guy might be saying is they could be doing it as the premium oh, yeah. stream. Yeah. So they've not got like a whole bank of films. Mm. You just pay particularly for one film and that's... Yeah, and I think there's uh, and, some people who do that. And if you pay, you know, fifteen quid, and the whole family watches it, that's cheap, hell of a lot cheaper than yeah. going to cinema. There's some people who do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I love cinema. I love going no, to a movie theater. Totally agree. Totally and, agree. Um, the the big thing with me is this, and and I've said it. Look, it. I don't know. I'm born. I've got a lovely situation at home because I've got. Um, I live in a big stone house. Which, believe me, when I say. When it comes to getting internet and stuff like that, it's a frigging nightmare because it's an old Edwardian bloody house with massive brick stone walls and stuff. So even getting a decent Wi-Fi in the house took years. For the first five, six years I was there, it was shit, you know. Mm. Then they brought out routers that were good enough to penetrate the walls and stuff. And But what it is good for is my cinema room. I can crank it up and it's louder than the IMAX, yeah? And it ain't disturbing anyone. Unless my son's at home, when he's not <laughs> working for MI6, so I swear people think I'm making that up. When he's when he's back, he's um, you know his bedroom's above it, right? So there is a limit on that. But when he's away for months and months and months, I can just crank stuff up, and I think sounds important. And I don't think watching it, I don't care what you've got set up. If it, most people. They've got neighbours. Most people have got no. people that they can't disturb. You can't put the sound up and immerse yourself the same way you can at the cinema. Like IMAX is the the best thing about IMAX, for example, is like the sound of that. It drowns out people talking and crackling away with a popcorn. Well, and stuff. they shouldn't be bloody talking anyway. Well, they do though, don't I they? Know. I mean, I've had people having conversations, full-on conversations all the well, way through the they, movie. They, they do that during. I've gone back to music, going back during gigs, and it annoys the hell out of you. But yeah, yeah. Well, at least that is loud enough to drown them. I think drowning them out is a good a good thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Steve Logan says, "Here's an email." Love the show, listening as always. See, see, Steve, it's a thank good you job very much. He told me what it was. I no, I but you, sure. you asked for an email. I Here's did, an email. and I got one. Suzanne's emailed in. 
The movie stars we know and love are getting older and older. Can you name some young, talented stars for the future? Susie, a huge Depp fan. Good. I'm glad you're a huge Depp fan. Yep. And I hope you stood by him while someone was defaming him and making stuff up about him. Because yep. that I, particularly annoyed me on this show. And I hope you, uh, hope you went to see The Hollywood Vampires. You never know. I bet she. I bet. I bet she would have liked to have. Mm. Yeah. Uh, new, new talented stars for the future. God, it's always hard, isn't it, when you're live on it and you can't, you I can't know. pull one straight out of your head. I, I reckon the guy who played this, this what is he, Sweetie Boy or whatever his name, Corin Sweeting or whatever his <laughs> name is, who's Chris. Said, no, I'm not yeah, really good the, on names. The, no, he couldn't last week. Neither of us could. I was calling him Sweetie Bollocks or something. And that it just sound, makes it sound like you know him better than you should. I think his something Corin Sweeting, yeah. And he's going to be the new Superman. He, he's he's going to hit big with that. Um, but there's other people, aren't there? I mean, who, who, give me a name of a, a upcoming. Well, all I can... I mean, I, I watch more independent films than, than I do mainstream. Not now. never coming, I mean upcoming. <laughs> no, no. But there's one guy who won our... Uh, best performance award at our last festival. Oh yes, uh, Johnny Vivash. Yes, lovely guy. I know him very well. Lovely yeah. guy. I just watched his latest film, which is on at Fright Fest. Yeah, gets its world premiere at Fright Fest. He knocks it out of the park. He's a good actor, and I'd like to see him do a bigger film. He's a good actor, him. He's a very good actor. I mean, there's always, there's always people. I mean, at the moment we've got. I mean, you can't get much bigger than Margot Robbie, who mm. is a uh, she's gonna be all over tv all over billboards all over buses everywhere with barbie but she's not gonna be on tv because they're on strike but But i I think cillian murphy's always been he's been pretty much he's been a big movie star but he's never been as big as i think he's gonna be this week with oppenheimer i think oppenheimer he's gonna be yeah Yeah. everyone thinks of him as peaky blinders but i think oppenheimer well we remember him back in 28 days later all all of it yeah he's got got little silly now but he was never like brad pitt huge you know he was certainly not in that film he wasn't oh you know what i mean (laughs) he was he was on he was in things but he was never a massive movie star like Harrison Ford or whatever. No, but, it was always but, on that edge where you could yeah. see that it was getting I mean, somewhere. He, he, the, the, oh, my God, the success of Peaky Blinders is unbelievable. But again, he wasn't a movie star, and he's brought that to a halt and hoping to go back to cinema and do something. I think that film, I think Oppenheimer's going to be big. And I'm not the world's biggest Christopher Nolan fan, I'd call no, him I the know. Holy I Nolan. Know. I think a lot of the people who love his films always worship every film he does, and some of them are as boring as fuck, and yep. they do my head in. And his pretentious, overblown style sometimes doesn't wash with me, but I do like some of his films. I do. Um, uh, I love The Prestige, that was good. The Prestige is a great film. Um, you know, Interstellar, don't get it, don't get what I didn't like his Batman like films, I didn't like his Batman films do me head in, Interstellar, fuck me, that did my head in. Um, um, that was trying to be too fast. Memento, that was good. Memento I liked, actually. I did like that one. So every now and again, I like his films, and I, I like the subject matter of Oppenheimer. I mean, it's dead exciting, that. The first nuclear Yeah, I I, I think this is not one I'm going to rush to see, to be honest. It looks very... Well, it's not a feel-good movie, is it? No, exactly. But but I do think if you... The good thing about this that he has used as a selling point is he says there's no CGI in this film. He says he's actually done the nuclear explosions in the film 
with practical effects and no CGI. So I am very interested to see. He says there's no CGI in this film. I did read a headline and it says that there's no Nagasaki and there's no Hiroshima in it. You don't need that. That's not what this film's about. It's about about the development of it all. This film is about you have just discovered how to create this device that's capable of levelling entire cities and killing millions of people. Do you think that you're doing the right thing by introducing this into the world, because once the genie's out, it's no putting it back. Yeah, I've and that's I guess, what this I film's guess it's, about. It's that, that guilt complex about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, do, you, do you reckon it'll have the uh, the tests in in Vegas and things in yes, Nevada? I do believe so. Yeah, yeah. I believe you'll get that. I, be, I think you'll believe. I think it'll go further, and I think it covers him. He was a very controversial figure. What people don't realise is that guy, after he'd created the bomb and saved the world in a, in a weird way, because it brought World War Two to a instant close the minute it was the minute they detonated those bombs and the remaining nazis and the japanese government who were never going to surrender at that point just went yep well don't don't want any more of that thank you very much Uh, let's uh, cut a deal and that was the end of that and that you could argue it's also kept the peace because people are shit scared of these things being used and it's kept a sort of peace fragile and terrifying though it is for many years and but, that's and now, the one... we've, now we've got people who are using it as another threat again well you have but again you know look i mean would would you be as bothered about what's going on in ukraine if you weren't shit scared of some nutcase using one of these that's the thing and that's what keeps the peace now i i'm not saying it's a great thing i'm in two minds about all of it but my God, the thought of the Nazis developing it first is terrifying because oh, yes, they yes. would have used it. They would have used it at every single major power. They would have just bombed the capital of every country yeah. and they would have wiped them out and just took over the world. And that's what they were planning to do. But what world would you take over when you've done all that? Well, well, you'd still be able to rebuild. There'd just be a few major cities missing and they'd have to be cordoned off for a period. And well, see, Like Chernobyl has... We're, we're such a small country that, you know, the whole country basically will have been wiped out. He would have just done London. That, those These nukes were, were just about the size of doing um, somewhere like Manchester, somewhere like that, would uh, have got most of London. But, you know, I'm not saying that's Which wouldn't have been a bad thing. <laughs> well, this times I'd fucking use it now, to be honest, but I shouldn't say that on air. Never mind. Maybe that will get beeped out before it goes to podcast. So yeah, it's uh, there's there are movie stars though. Getting back to what Suzanne was saying, yeah, there's movie yeah. stars out there that are, are emerging, and you think that nothing's changing, but they they are all getting older. The Robert De Niro's have got not many more films in them, and there are other people that are going to be starring in these things. And you've got to hope that the people who are choosing the the next generation are good at the job, and they put people in that who like. Well, let's face it, if they choose badly people appear in these films and we don't like them they generally don't appear in other films because they don't make money true it's the the uh arbiters of capitalism that sort of weighs in bums on seats yeah so what we've got coming up is uh barbenheimer this this uh the opening of these two it's a meme and it is because you've got on the same day barbie and oppenheimer opening on the same day and it is a case of, are you an Oppenheimer person or a Barbie person? What are you going to do? Or some people who are seeing both, what are you going no, to do I th- first? I, th- I think the big thing is everybody got to see both, isn't it? Of course it is, yeah. 
But which do you choose first? Do you go in and have a bit of fun with Barbie and then get really serious with Oppenheimer? Or do you demoralise yourself with Oppenheimer and cheer yourself up straight after with Barbie? I think you'd probably need the palate cleanser, wouldn't you, afterwards? I would have thought so. I'd rather do it that way around me. But, but that's me. But, but you, you, you may not want to do them on the same day after yeah. you've done Oppenheimer. Barbenheimer, that's brilliant, that, isn't it? Mm. I didn't know what that was. It was, uh, it was a meme, wasn't it? It was mm. emerging. But... Um, just trying to see what else they've... Um, we've got some other stuff we can cover uh, as well. Well, talk about streaming. Yeah. Uh, the other the other thing about Netflix, that yeah. other one that no one talks about now. Yeah. Uh, you know they brought the, the different price levels in. I know about that. I knew... Uh, I didn't know there was a different price level for HD. Yeah. I I know there's a 4K one that's £13-something. £15. 15 now. £15.99, yeah. that's for the 4K yeah. one. No, okay. But... The, there was a basic plan, yeah, for six ninety nine, and they've dropped that. All oh, right. What was the? But what did you that, get with that? That was uh, no ads, but you could only do up to seven twenty p. Okay. Uh, so now there's only three tiers standard with ads yeah. for four ninety nine, which is a bit of a rip. Why the fuck would you do that? Uh, Why would you go for that? You just watch Freewee or something like that, or whatever it is. Christ Almighty! Uh, the standard is ten ninety nine now. Ten ninety nine, and yeah, you're not yeah, and you're not allowed to share it. I know they've clamped down on that, haven't they? Yeah, I uh, know people who've given theirs out to a few people. Yeah, but yeah. they 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 are really sort of like cutting that off now. It depends whether or not they be. I mean, if they if it's the same, same IP address, same IP address, that's different. I you're think in the, you should be able to have you're in the as same many house. of them. Yeah, you should be able to use that in the house or as many as you want. If there's five of you all in different rooms, fine. But the premium, no. the the four K one fifteen quid. You can do over four devices. Oh wow! So that is that. They're probably even that. The little caveat would probably be in the same IP yeah. thing. But it depends. They've got to keep putting stuff on you want to see. But the other uh, Netflix news, yeah, which I don't know if you got this one. Uh, they've cancelled the Masters of the Universe movie. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It doesn't uh, surprise me at all. Uh, after spending thirty million. Yeah. Well, they messed so, up the they messed up the animated series. That Kevin no no Smith wonder did. they're running out of money then. Yeah, they, well, they messed up the animated series with Kevin Smith because again, what what shall I say? What my friend the Rob that emailed me, unfortunately, yes, that was made with modern movie making sensibilities. So uh, He Man was um, very PC and um, not not. Um, using his muscles and being aggressive or manly in any way. And there was a very, very strong um, female character that they instantly gave a really butch haircut to and then killed him off and made it the adventures of her throughout the the show and then brought him back later. And they wonder why people were pissed off. I'm not against that. I mean, my God, mate, but well, if we you are, want to do had, that... We, we had She-Ra anyway, didn't she we? that's what I mean. Why did you... Oh, never mind. It's, it's pointless, isn't it? It's pointless. I, yeah. I don't want to appear like a dinosaur. I mean, the, the, the original He-Man wasn't particularly fighty, was it? He wasn't, but... It was, there was a big moral thing. You, you, always had, you always had the little telling thing at the end. Oh, you didn't need that with this, because the entire thing all the way through was doing that. The finger-wagging started the second you started watching the show. Oh. Believe me, it was uh, modern identity politics just being broadcast really loud, and I'm, I love that sort of thing when it's needed. 
and I love it when it's appropriate. And I do think that you need to get more across because there is yeah, a, yeah. a world full of Neanderthals out there that need educating. But, and, and it's getting worse. But, but yeah, I would like that's to a have a bit, story altogether. Yeah, I'd like to watch a cartoon and have a bit of fun. You know what I mean? Well, that's the whole point of it, isn't it? Yeah. So you'd you would think. So you'd think. So let's have a look. Oh, Gary Webb. He's on here now, and he's saying, you mentioned your comic collection out of interest. How many do you have? My collection's 4,500-ish, and my wife hates me. Oh, <laughs> I've been having this conversation with Martin on the break. Uh, yeah, he's just been buying some some toys from an auction, and I, I said uh, I would have loved to have got involved in that auction, but I think I'm on very thin ice at the moment at home, <laughs> and and it's it could, I think, when I'm done with this little project, because I'm actually restoring them as well, and it... I had five, maybe six, seven thousand of them, my own, and then I bought out this bloody auction. On, um, I think it's the same auction house. He's getting the toys off, and uh, and now I reckon it's going to end up twelve, something like that, maybe thirteen when it's done. The biggest collection I've ever come across. And but yeah, it's bad when you just got a house, you yep. know, and you just you don't want, and it's took over the fucking house, you know. Maybe. It has, it has. Get a little pop up shop. Yeah. Oh boy. Boy, boy. Well, I haven't even got to that point, what I'm going to do at the end of this. I've just, you know, you just get involved in it and go, right, let's get to the end of this. And then at that point, if anybody even remotely says, well, what's the end objective? Don't mention that. Yeah. We'll think about that at the end of this. I don't keep, know keep where it's going. kicking that down the road. I know. That's what I'm planning on doing. Anyway, talking about kicking down the road, I think we've got uh, we've got time for our last break now. And then we're, on, we're back for our final little segment. Starburst Magazine, the world's longest-running magazine of sci-fi, horror, and fantasy. We make total film look rubbish. FabRadioInternational.com And welcome back for the final segment, the final push-up-the-hill of Starburst Radio on this fine evening where we're in a uh, studio that's actually boiling hot after a week where it's not stopped raining in Manchester and it just makes you think, why Why is it hot tonight when we're doing the show? Uh, it it's, must just be us, hot yes, stuff. Can't, can't we just, if you're going to rain, rain again today and then be nice and warm for the weekend, you know, when we're not in here. But yeah, never mind, never shouldn't complain, shouldn't complain. So, yeah, I was just, um, I don't know, we'll, fin- we'll finish with that review. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to talk about. No, I think that's no. it. There's been very little happening this week. Yeah. So. But I was I was talking to you about, oh, you you know that that Lando movie is not happening. Now, oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard about, heard about yeah. that. Sorry, there's yeah. one other bit of news. So Donald Glover, who was going to reprise his role as uh, Lando Calrissian, yeah, that film's not happening now. I think that... It's, that ties uh, in with what we started with. It really does. I think that loads and loads of stuff that's been rumoured and stuff, he's just this week just rang everyone and went, nothing's happening. We're not doing anything. We're having to think. Yeah. Chill out. He's hoping for another COVID. Yeah. So I've been reading about these equal to Tron. Tron. And I love Tron. And I love the follow-up. Because even though some people didn't, I thought its use of 3D was really good because it went like The Wizard of Oz. You were in 2D and then suddenly he got catapulted into the computer world again and boom, it's all in 3D with recognizers and all the stuff from that universe. And that was great. That was great. I love that. Mm. And now this movie is 
the other way around, there is a computer entity, AI. Oh, I'm not, aren't you already on. fucking bored to death with this? <laughs> Honestly, guys, anybody listening who's a scriptwriter, filmmaker, listening to this show, everyone's already bored. They're already bored with it. We're sick of it. We're sat of, We're sick to death of chat GPT. We're sick of AI. We're sick of the whole lot. I mean, we've and, been and, watching... And so are the people in America that are striking. I know, yeah. Every, everybody's sick of it. But the amazing thing is we've been watching films about AI taking over the world for, well, since 2001, A Space yeah. Odyssey. And um, it's a given. Everybody's all right with that. And then suddenly the, the media... The mass media decided to descend on AI and chat GPT and the emergence of it over the last 12 months. The fact that they've just bored us to death with the fact that we don't even want to hear your pitch for a new Terminator movie anymore. Anyway, they... We didn't want that anyway. <laughs> but yeah, Tron Ares, there is a, a um, AI creature that emerges in that universe and then crosses over to our world and then starts causing problems here and people from the computer world come up and try and sort it out. Yeah, that sounds shit. Yeah. Why do you want to take people out of that world and put them here? I thought the whole, the, the, the reason the, why those films... They straight back, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. The, the reason why those films are good is because you get catapulted into this other world that you're not familiar with anyway. I just thought I'd get that out of the way. Yep. It annoyed me. Annoyed me when I heard about it. So the... The movie that I saw this week is a little bit behind the curve here, you know, but there's some people who haven't seen it and maybe they're thinking, well, should I go and see the new Mission Impossible movie, Dead Reckoning Part 1? And yes, as you probably sussed by that title, it is the first part to a two-part story. And like Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, it's not a problem that it is because it actually picks a nice moment to end. And it does, it is a nice rounded movie in its own right. Well, that makes a change. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. It was the movie that I wanted to see when I saw the Indiana Jones movie. And it's sad that because I'm not as connected or invested in this. I watched the... Do you like the other films? I like the TV show. Yeah, well, we know that. I love the TV show, yeah. The, The other films, hit and miss, hit and miss, I... My problem with the first movie, which won't affect anybody who's been watching these Mission Impossible films, but the the first movie had um, Jim Phelps is the head of the mission, the Impossible Mission Force, and he's got Ethan Hunt as his underling who's, who's organising stuff. And then it turns out at the end that Jim Phelps is a traitor and he's betrayed everyone and then Spoiler. takes it up. Yeah, <laughs> it's only 1996 that was out, yeah. So here's the problem. Jim Phelps was the James T. Kirk of the TV show. Right. So can you imagine if you did the, the, the brought back Star Trek as a, as into movies after a big hiatus from the TV show, and then you in your first movie you showed that James T. Kirk was an absolute traitor and ended up getting killed by I, the end of the film? I wouldn't put it past him. Well, I'm just saying. But I went along with that and went, never mind, I guess other people aren't as connected to the TV show or bothered about it, so let's see. Second, that that the film itself I liked. I like the fact that it recreates the TV movie, um, the the TV show credits in the movie. Right. Yeah. I've good. always liked that. I thought that's With a the, lovely touch. The little uh, yeah 
with a fuse burning fuse, away. Yeah. yeah. And the same Lalo Schifrin theme tune, which I'm Brilliant. sure you're a big fan of. Oh, yeah. I, lo- yeah. I, lo- I love Lalo It's Schifrin. great. Everything about it, the dum, 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 dum. You've only got to get the bass line and you know what it is. And that's fine. Second one, didn't like it. It was John Woo, do you remember? I do, He yeah, directed yeah, yeah. it, and for some reason, it didn't even feel like the first one. Didn't feel like him, um, Mission Impossible. And then the third one, and the one that had his wife, was that the fourth one, or was that the third one? Can't remember. He had one where he, he retired, and he was married, and it was all kept. That was a great one. They've managed to reinvigorate it. J.J. Abrams did that one, I think. Yeah. And, um, and then the follow-up. And we've had a few is of these. This, is this six or seven? I now? think it's seven. This one, and the they. But what these movies have done over the years is big movie set pieces like the James Bond movies used to have back in the day. Yeah. And the one that was on that that building in Dubai that time, yeah, yeah. where that cuts to IMAX for that scene. They filmed that bit in IMAX. That was one of the best stunt scenes I've ever seen in any goddamn film. That was Ghost Protocol. Yeah. So. I think these films have been... I've enjoyed them because of the stunts. Well, this, I've enjoyed them this because of the real stunts. This is what they're known for, and especially because yeah. Tom Cruise does a lot of them himself. Indeed, yeah. And I think that's a big selling point, and I think he's sensible enough to realise that people buy into that. Mm. And this one is no different. However, however, here's the shocker. The one that you've all seen on the bike where he jumps off the side that of the mountain... That was on a massive big cinema advert for a while yes, showing you how they did it yeah, and things yeah. yeah yeah and that built it up so you were thinking wow that's the big stunt scene of this film it isn't is that the opening no it's it's towards the end oh but it's about 20 minutes before the most incredible stunt sequence i've ever seen in a, I've, i mean i might have seen better than this but i can't remember off the top of my head i if if there's better than this it's not by far and it's certainly right up there. There's a sequence on the train at the end of this film where I can't even uh, do it justice without spoiling it, but there are, the director wanted to do a train crash, and uh, Chris told me this the other day. He said uh, there was an interview where he wanted to do a train crash, and um, and Tom Cruise likes doing stuff on trains, and you sort of add a bit of both at the end of this, and it's really good. Runaway train scenario, and it's done to perfection. I mean, this is an amazing end to the film, and uh, Hayley Atwell was great in it. Mm. He was great in it. You've got some of the returning cast. You've got Simon Pegg there. He's quite funny in it, actually. Um, Vin Rhymes, is it, who plays yeah, yeah. the other guy? Yeah, well, he, he's weird because he sort of fucks off at one point. And you know what's weird? It's almost like I know they filmed a bit of this in COVID, but at one point he just goes, yeah, with everything that's got... This is literally what his character says in the film, yeah? He goes, with everything that's going on right now, I think it's a better idea if I go and work somewhere on my own for a bit, (laughs) right? I know that feeling. Did did they just film him while they were chatting to him, while they were making this film or what? Uh, His character actually does do that and say that and then buggers off yeah and you go okay yeah rebecca ferguson from silo is in it again she's been in it quite a lot she's the sort of love interest of ethan hunt tom cruise's character not everyone makes it out of this film in one piece i'll leave it at that there's actually some big, big moments yeah and it 
it is uh, is it perfect no but my god it's fun but is it a lot of fun that's exactly it yeah. it's a lot of fun and i would go and watch it again i really would i you know sometimes that's what you want from cinema so. yeah yeah it's um it's a this is a problem i i leveled at the last james bond film the uh no time to die where it was like 20 minutes before the title sequence, yeah. So you yeah. had a 10 minute... Right, the Bond movies did this right. They had five minute sequences and then you'd have the titles and then you'd have the film and crack on with it. This this is craziness. This is like 23 minutes or something before Well, we got the to the point where we yeah. weren't having opening title sequences. So with when... Pe- Some movies have always so- bucked against that. The Mission, the Mission Impossible films have always put one in. Yeah, no but, matter what but when it got to the point folk. where you, you're not sure if you're going to get one and then yeah. suddenly 20 minutes in you get one, it's a bit throwing you My out My God, I thought they weren't bothering this time. Yeah. I absolutely were. I was convinced they weren't bothering this time and then up it came you know bang here we go but it was uh it was it was it's always great to hear that music and oh, yeah, and again yeah. it was another amazing rendition of that theme and everything went on and you saw some clips of what was about to happen it was very good very good and if you've not bothered to take the trip out to see this i think you should and it is definitely a big screen movie this this is not something that you're gonna get you're not going to enjoy it as much if you just wait for it to stream. This, I don't think so. I think yeah, I mean, I get, I get what you're saying. There's always yeah. that the spectacle is always better. At, oh yeah. God, yeah, yeah. Now, well, this was proper stunts, you know, proper stunts that did not look CGI. And I accept that at the very end, the stuff I'm talking about on the train, there is some CGI. There has to be. Well, yeah. Otherwise, they were endangering the the cast to a degree where they just wouldn't have gone along well, with even, it. Even the bit where you were talking about with the the, the, the bike going over the edge oh, of yeah. the thing, there's CGI to get rid of the ramp and things. They, and, they, they, yeah. No, they, they, yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's more of a, an organic ramp that he jumps off. Yeah, mm. so no, I totally get that. But it it looks good. It looks brilliant, that scene. And then that leads on to him getting on the train. And then there's some stuff going on there, and then you end up with a final sequence. Well, my word, the the stunts that are involved, it, it, it is stunt after stunt after stunt after stunt to get to the final resolution. And all the way through this, you've got um, you've got a character after him who's just sick of this kind of rebellious shenanigans, you know, and he's going to bring him in whether or not he thinks he's doing the right thing. You've got a character like that after him. He was um, played uh, the brother in Boardwalk Empire. I can't remember his name now. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, he, he, he was all right. And everybody in it was, was good. Tom Cruise was great, though, again. But the person who probably stole the show was Hayley Atwell. I like her. Yeah, yeah, oh God, yeah. she's great in this, and they don't, they don't, um, they don't overdo it with her character. They've got this is the perfect balance. Yeah, she doesn't turn her into some in-your-face bloody can solve everything, can do everything better than guys kind of character that you get in some of these. They, this is a character that is um, allowed to be attractive, sexy, and kick ass yeah. when needed. You know, 
she's vulnerable when needed and she's more than capable of uh, getting the upper hand and she does in many points during the film. She plays the character brilliantly and, and I think the this is a character you can warp to. Whereas, yeah, the, the character in Indiana Jones, that Helen, it is an obnoxious twat most of the time. <laughs> I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it, honestly. And And you know I like Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah. Uh, I've, I'm one of the few guys, you know, who's watched Fleabag and enjoyed it. You know, <laughs> I I like her, but I couldn't stand her in that. And this is, uh, it's like an antidote to that. It's almost like, yep, yeah, this is how you do a character like that. You yeah. want a character. There were loads of times where he was very reliant on her to get to the end point. Yeah. But well, it's, it's she never work, rubbed his it? nose yeah. in it. Yeah. And he never, and he never rubbed her nose in any reliance she but, had. It well, was... that's a different film altogether, so. <laughs> oh, dear me. Dear. What What are you like, eh? What are you like? So, so yeah, um, four star out of five, I'd give it. Um, what would have pushed it to five? I, it's a very strong, massive one, though. Uh, five. It was a bit long. Right. Two hours, 50 minutes. So this is what puts now, me off with films. Now. now, it didn't drag, though. I didn't know it was that long. And when it actually ended, I was surprised. I thought it still had half an hour to go. Yeah. Right. Now, that's a good sign. Oh, that is a good sign. Yeah. yeah, yeah but There were some bits and bobs they could have trimmed from the middle. And um, if they had done, it probably would have been a five-star film. It would have been perfect because, you know, it didn't drag. There was another bit with the car. They used the, this little yellow car that oh god what is it the something 500 ways a skoda or something it's really naff car fiat 500 yeah something. fiat 500 and it is um what goes on with this car you've got to see i'm not going to ruin it but it's amazing is it a, a go go gadget car it can't no it, <coughs> it it's um a car that's in town as a as a go-to car for a getaway or whatever he's got them everywhere apparently every city you go in he's got one but it's so it doesn't attract attention, but it's not got any special gadgets or anything. Right. But it's how they drive it. They drive it like you wouldn't believe. I mean, it's smashing into stuff and it's doing cartwheels around corners almost. It ends up on its roof at one point, yeah. And and he's still trying to get out of the situation on its roof, yeah. You, you, you like it's it. disposable. It it felt <laughs> like watching a James Bond film from the late seventies. Back when they were good. Yeah, late seventies James Bond film. It felt like, and I I can't praise it enough. I think people should go and see Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning, Part One, and um, Part Two. I don't know when that's out. Is that next year or the year after? I can't remember. Uh, I'm thinking next year, but it might be the year after. Yeah. Well, you know, well, it's still all right, that, isn't it? I think yeah. we're, we're ready to yes, we're just, go now. Yes, we're, we're touching cloth at the end of the show. Well, we certainly are. You got anything else? This is it. Right, Nothing time. I think that is it. I've been Mike and he's been Martin. And we will see you next week. Tumbling through a thousand centuries You don't know where you land
listening to Starburst Radio, the greatest radio show in the universe. Every Wednesday, 8 p.m. until 10 p.m. Exclusive to Fab Radio International. And we got an email, just in case people were absolutely shocked that we were finishing on time. We got an email off Mr. Paul Mount, so I thought, why not do this as a, an extra? It can go on the podcast at the end. Gents, loved MI7. Oh, MI7. See, the last one must have been MI6, and that was a gimmick they didn't play up on. Yeah. Uh, my second favourite movie of the year after, surprisingly, Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Amongst Thieves. Hayley Atwell rocks. No, the Dungeons and Dragons movie, we love that. And he says, that is all M.